Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Stevens Creek. How you feeling? Yeah, y'all awake. Good morning. Awesome. It is so good to be back here um, at the creek. I went home to Connecticut for a couple of days, and I, it was just a pleasant reminder of how grateful I am that God delivered me from that cold and brought me to his country where he is blessing and favoring his people with good weather. And I'm just so grateful to be back. I was running to get back. Uh, Can y'all fly the plane sooner? I need to get back home. So it's just good to be back. We are starting a brand new series today called Unsure, Navigating Faith in a World Full of Doubt. Sometimes, uh, you know, church, we don't really examine those places where we have questions about uh, what we believe about God, what we believe about our purpose, or what we believe about the promises or the things we uh, think are going to happen in our life. And we're going to navigate that, and hopefully, I believe that God is going to settle some things in your life to give you assurance and that you will be sure about his plan, his purpose, and his will for your life. Amen? All right, if you have your Bibles, go with me to Luke chapter 7, verse 18. Luke chapter 7, verse 18. It's a familiar um, person in Scripture, but um, an interesting take on this story. Luke 7, verse 18. The disciples of John the Baptist told John about everything Jesus was doing. So John called for two of his disciples and sent them to the Lord to ask him, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? John's two disciples found Jesus and said to him, John the Baptist sent us to ask, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many people of their diseases, illnesses, and evil spirits, and he restored sight to many who were blind. He probably just looked at them while he was doing it like, yep. You're really questioning this? Then he told John's disciples, go back to John and tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. I want to talk about Uh, to you for a few moments about being unsure about your faith. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness and mercy and kindness towards us. I pray that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what you would say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So being unsure in my house is like a normal occurrence. It's an everyday occurrence. Let me paint the picture for you, right? We get up, we do our morning routine, we go to work, we come back. And then I say, babe, how was your day? We do a little bit of small talk. And then the next thing you know, I ask the dreaded question that every husband asks and is nervous because you already know how this is going to play out. I say, babe, what do you want to eat? (laughs) She says, I don't know. And then I say, well, what about this place? No. What about that place? No. 
What about this other place? No. Well, what do you want to eat? I'm unsure. I'm not sure. Uh, it it kind of plays over and over. And if we're honest about where we are in life and uh, just our experience in life, we have been unsure in many places. There are many Georgia fans right now who are unsure if this is the year that you will go over the top. Let me help you. No. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> There are some of us who are unsure in other areas. We are unsure if this is the right job that I'm supposed to take. You're unsure if this is the person that I should marry. You have questions about if I should move to this city or that city. Should I stay in this place or go to another place? Life is full of questions. Life is full of things that cause us to be unsure. And see, the reality is when we are little, we are willing to believe almost anything. But as we grow, we learn to question almost everything. See, the schism or the gap happens when our life experience does not match our expectation. And when our life experience does not match our expectation, it causes us to question what we believe. I'm not sure what I believe because what I expected did not happen. My experience and my expectations were going in two different directions. And when that goes in a negative direction, it causes discouragement to happen. It causes disappointment to happen. And discouragement and disappointment are incubators for doubt. It literally is a gateway to doubt. So when I get discouraged, it causes me to question what will happen the next time. Can I trust this person because I got hurt the last time I opened my heart? Can I take this step of faith because it failed on me the last time I tried it? Can, can I trust God because I'm not sure if it's going to work out? You see, my brothers and sisters, what inflames or heightens this situation a lot of times is tragic and stressful moments. That when we find ourselves in stressful and tragic situations, it will cause us to question our faith. I was reading on social media the other day because, you know, that's where you get your news now. And I was reading on social media and there was a famous person who said, I am so angry right now. They were upset. They had just heard the news of the helicopter crash that killed nine people, including Kobe Bryant and his daughter. And they said, I'm so angry right now. How can God be so cruel? Their heart was anguish. They were frustrated. Things were difficult. Because what they experienced did not match their expectations. My brothers and sisters, I must submit to you that we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that has issues, it has trials, it has difficulty. But I want to encourage you to know that even though there are stressful times, even though things are difficult, even though it may seem like everything is going left when you intended for it to go right, I know that there is a God who can answer our prayers, that there is a God who will step in, and that in the seasons of doubt, he can make sure the things we are unsettled about. We're introducing our scripture today to an individual who has gone through the same thing. 
I know we come to church a lot of times with plastic smiles and we post living my best life on Instagram and Facebook and it looks all wonderful. But sometimes we have questions. Sometimes we have doubts. And our scripture passage today introduces us to a man named John the Baptist who had some doubts and questions about his faith. John the Baptist was literally born to announce that the Messiah was coming. In Isaiah chapter 40, and I think, I believe it's verse 3, 3 or 4, he says, he is a voice crying out in the wilderness. He is one who is preparing and making way the way of the Lord. John the Baptist's purpose for being born was to announce that Jesus was coming, that the Messiah was coming, and his life was going great. He began to operate in his purpose. He was announcing that Jesus was coming people's lives were being changed they were being baptized and then one day Jesus shows up and he gets to announce to everyone that this is the one I was telling you about that he has come that he is here to help us to to establish his kingdom he is the one but not long after he announces this new declaration things seem to go wrong in his life after announcing that Jesus is Lord, he begins to lose disciples and followers in droves. After announcing that Jesus is Lord, his influence begins to wane. After announcing that Jesus is Lord, he gets arrested and put into prison. And while sitting in prison, he gets announcements from his disciples about all of what Jesus is doing. And he is frustrated. Have you ever been frustrated with God? Have you ever wondered, God, why is this happening like this? Why is this going on in my world? Why did my child leave church and hasn't been back? Why am I dealing with this financial pressure? How could I lose my job like this? God, how could my marriage be broken like this? God, how, why is this happening? If you are a good God, why am I suffering like this. It's a question that John the Baptist is asking and wondering, and I would even uh, go further and submit to you that he is seeing what God is doing for others and is wondering, why is God not doing it for me? Have you ever been there asking those questions of yourself? I, I know it's protocol and it, it seems right to just say, yes, I believe. But sometimes there are doubts that creep into our life. Sometimes there are things that cause us to question. And I, I want to submit to you four things that I believe as you are going on this journey, that God's not going to leave you on this journey, that he is not afraid of your doubts. But if you will hear me, four things on this journey that will help you navigate the places of doubt in your life. Here's the first thing is that you have to be honest about your doubts and questions. See, God is not afraid of your questions and issues. He's not afraid of your doubts. And in fact, he, he almost, he, he desires honesty over anything else. He wants you to be integral about where you are. See, God doesn't want to bless who you pretend to be. He's not trying to deal with the facade that you put forward. He really wants to deal with the real you. He wants to deal with the person that has the questions, the sleepless nights. And here, here's the reality. You can never become sure if you don't acknowledge the places that you're unsure. 
You can never become settled and secure if you don't acknowledge the places that you're unsure. John the Baptist gives us a beautiful example of how to navigate this. You see, this was a dangerous move for him. He was the one who announced that Jesus was Lord. But he wouldn't let the opinions of others stop him from getting the answers that he needed. He was willing to ask the question, even if it wasn't popular, because he needed to get the answer. And here's the thing. You will always be conflicted if you won't be honest. You will always be conflicted if you're not honest with how you're feeling. You'll always have this sense of wrestling because God cannot fix what you don't confess. And if we don't confront it, we can't conquer it. We can't get over it. And we have to be willing to be honest with God and expose those things in the places that we have questions and doubts. Here's what David said. He understood this in Psalms 51, uh, 51 and 6. He says, surely you desire integrity in the inner parts. In my inner being. In another uh, translation, it says, you desire honesty from the womb. God wants you to be honest about the places that you have questions. He's not afraid of your doubts. He just wants you to do something with your doubts. And that means to be honest with it. And here's your second thing. He wants you to take those doubts to Jesus. The questions that you have. The things that you are concerned about, the things that you are wondering about, our opportunity is to take those things to Jesus. Look at what happens in the text. He understands that he's frustrated and he, he's unsure, but he sends his disciples to ask the one who has the answers. And see, Jesus makes time for both the believer and the skeptic. So wherever you fall on the spectrum today, sometimes many of you in here are believers. Some of you in here are just saying, I'm here so my mama don't bother me about coming to church again. Wherever you fall on the spectrum, Jesus has time for you. Jesus makes time for the believer and the skeptic. He makes time for anyone who is willing to bring their questions and doubts to him. I want to show you a passage in John chapter 3 of a guy named Nicodemus. That, uh, what he does is equi equivalent to basically sliding in Jesus' DMs. He, he's frustrated with what's going on, and he says, I need some answers. So he comes to Jesus at night. I don't want nobody to see that I'm asking Jesus questions. I don't want anybody to know that I'm coming to ask Jesus questions. So he sneaks away. Look at what it says in John chapter 3. He says, there was a man named Nicodemus. A Jewish religious leader who was a rabbi, a Jewish re religious leader who was a Pharisee, after dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What Jesus does here is, Nicodemus, I know why you came. You don't have to uh, hit me with flattery. 
I want to address the real issue. You want to know whether or not I'm the Messiah. And then he continues, Nicodemus goes and says, what do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can a man, old man, go back into his mother's womb and be born again? How are these things possible? He says later in verse 9. Here's the thing, that in each and every question, Jesus continued to entertain Nicodemus' doubts and questions because he saw that Nicodemus is worth it. And can I tell you, your questions matter to God. Your doubts matter to God. You as an individual matter to God. And he has time to deal with those questions. He's not afraid of them. He invites you to carry those things to him. And we can follow the example of John the Baptist and bring those concerns to Jesus. But after we bring it to him, here's the third thing that I want to show you is that not only do we have to be honest about our doubts and questions and take those questions to Jesus, we have to re-examine what we know to be true. I want to slow down here because what Jesus does uh, is phenomenal. It's really amazing what he does here is that the disciples come and ask Jesus a question, and before he answers, he heals people and he meets the people's needs. And then what Jesus does in the text is he is paraphrasing passages in Isaiah. And what he's trying to get John to do, he's saying, John, I know you're frustrated with your current situation. I know you think that it's the, the worst of the worst and this is causing you to question everything you believe. But I need you to take a step back and reassess what you know to be true. Jesus is quoting from Isaiah 35 verse 5 and 6, and then later in Isaiah 61 and verse 1, when he says these things, John would have immediately understood and recognized that Jesus' assignment was to the people and not John's preference. And here's the challenge. is sometimes we get frustrated with God because he doesn't do what we want him to do. And we miss the fact that God has a plan that he is trying to do. And could it be that our disappointment lies in the God of our own creation and not the Lord God of creation? Could it be that our expectations need to be reevaluated because here was John's problem. He thought when Jesus showed up, he was going to overthrow the Romans and he was going to establish a kingdom there. But Jesus said, I didn't come to establish that kind of kingdom. I came to rule and reign in the hearts of men and women. I came to save lives. I came to, to heal people, to, to minister to people. I came to be the God they needed, not the one they wanted. And here's the challenge, is that we have to be willing to reassess what we know to be true. We've got to take a step back from the hurt and the pain and the doubt and where we find ourselves being unsettled and unsure. And we've got to be willing to re-examine the situation. And this is what Jesus is telling John, if you take a step back, you'll see that I've been good. If you take a step back, you'll see that I'm fulfilling what I was supposed to do. If you take a step back, you will see that I've been faithful. And here's the truth. 
is that when we look at our whole story, we will find enough evidence to see that God has been faithful. When we look at our whole story, we'll get to see, oh yeah, I shouldn't have made it out of that, but God has been faithful. I, I shouldn't have survived that, but God has been faithful. I didn't know where that provision was coming from, but God has been faithful. Has anybody just taken a second to pause and look back and see, God is faithful. Yeah, I'm frustrated. Yeah, I want this to work out right now, but in the midst of this, if I take a step back, I can see where God has been working, and my brothers and sisters, if God has worked before in your life, he is the same yesterday today today and forevermore and if he did it before he can do it again that's good news he can do it again in our lives and this is the encouragement for John he's saying look at the evidence I know this situation looks bad John you're in prison it doesn't look good and it's causing you to question everything that you believe but if you take a step back, and this is what the enemy likes to do. He likes to put blinders on you so that the only thing you can see is the issue. But if you take a step back, you won't see the issue because you'll see the God who is handling the issue. If you take a step back, you'll be able to see every place that God has been faithful. Here's the fourth thing. Fourth and final thing, if you're on this journey of dealing with doubt and how to navigate and find faith in a world full of doubt is that you've got to rely on God's help in places you are still unsure. The reality is today you'll be encouraged and excited and Tuesday something might happen that will frustrate you and make you say, what in the world is going on? I just heard a good message at church. And now this happens. But here's what I want to encourage you to do. Rely on God's help in places that you're still unsure. This is the final thing that John says to, uh, or Jesus says to the disciples. He says, oh, and by the way, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. God blesses those who Decide to stay committed and pursue God, even in the face of difficulty. Look, look at what happens in Mark chapter 9. We see a man who is a skeptic. His son has been sick and he has tried everything that he knows how to do. It still hasn't worked. And he encounters Jesus and Jesus says these words to him, how long has this been happening? And Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Here's the truth of the matter. He had tried everything and he was going to Jesus as a last resort, but he did not really know if Jesus was able to do it but he was willing to try. You know, Pastor Marty posted something recently, and I'm paraphrasing what he said. He said, if you're investigating Christianity, over the next 30 days, pray this prayer. God, if you are real, make yourself real to me. This is a very similar prayer to what this man is praying. He, he's saying, look, 
I just need help. And I don't know if you can, but if you can, will, will you help us? And Jesus says this to the man. What do you mean if I can? Jesus asks. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cries out. You can see the anguish leaping off the page. He says, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. God, help me in the places that I'm still not sure. God, help me in the places where I don't know what to do. God, make yourself real to me. Help me to be sure that you are really God. And in this case, Jesus healed this man and a family's life was changed for eternity because they were willing to bring their doubts and their questions to Jesus. On the flip side, for believers, as we are walking through this journey, there are seasons and moments in life where we encounter stuff that are so difficult. They're so challenging. And Paul, the apostle Paul, finds himself in a similar situation. In 2 Corinthians, he says this about it. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so the power of Christ may rest upon me. Here's what Paul is saying. He is inviting us to not only bring our doubts and questions to Jesus, but he is saying where we are unsure, lean into God's strength. Lean into his power. But this is how we normally approach life. We get to a situation and we say, this is marriage, uh, this is college, a career, raising children, I could do this. Oh, by the way, Lord, will you bless this and make sure it goes well? Will you help it work out? God, thank you so much for what you are doing. Thank you, God, for everything that is happening. We work in our own power and ask God to bless our, our power. But at some point, we will encounter something that looks too big for us to handle by ourselves. It's a crisis on our job. Our home is in foreclosure. Our marriage is on the brink of breaking up and we are trying to mm, pull on our own strength, but we're not able to pick it up. And here's what happens. One or two things happen. We begin to pray and say, Lord, will you help me do this? Or we just look at it and we walk away. We say it's not going to happen. We're not able to do it. But here's what God is trying to encourage us in. That you don't have to be strong. That you need to lean into my strength. Because where you are weak, I'm strong. And I'm not calling you to lift it up. I'm telling you that I will be the one to move it. And so God will move in our lives. And while we're asking him to be strong, we'll be able to see him begin to pull up the mountains. To begin to restore the relationships. To begin to move in our lives and in our worlds and while you are trying to figure it out God has already worked it out you don't have to move a muscle you've just got to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord he works in our lives in our weaknesses we are able to see his strength and his power that's the good news 
that we don't have to pick it up by ourselves. We don't need to lean on our power. God is saying, watch me work. I know you're frustrated. I know you have doubts. I know you have questions. Bring them to me. And be patient enough to watch me work it out in your favor. Here's the truth of the matter. A faith untested is a faith that cannot be trusted. And these experiences in our lives, God is building the spiritual muscles in our lives to be able to handle everything that he wants to put in our world. To be able to walk into the purpose and the promises of God. I want to close with this story. I remember a few years ago, um, I was driving back from uh, Georgia or Florida. I was driving to Connecticut, and I had, um, yeah, wrong mistake already, I know. I was driving to Connecticut, and I was in New York, and my GPS was telling me, you got to get off exit 60 in three miles. The problem was, that the exit numbers were not going up, they were going down. I was a little confused because y'all know if you ever travel in New York, you get off the wrong exit, there's a $12 toll waiting for you. And I wanted to get to the right destination. And my GPS said, you need to keep moving forward. But my brain told me, if it's exit 60, and it's going down to 49, 48, 47. How can it work out? How will this happen? How will it be okay? And I'm driving. And in that moment, I had to decide to either trust the directions that I was given or trust the doubts, the fear, the anxiety that had arisen because of what I was seeing. I decided to trust the GPS. It was Google Maps. You know, Apple Maps made me take a left on a bridge one time and that didn't go so well. <laughs> decided to go forward, go straight. And when I crossed the state line, what was going down automatically switched. And I saw my right exit and I was able to get off in the right time. Here's what I want you to understand, y'all. I know it looks bad right now. And the circumstance looks like it's not going to work out. But hear the word of the Lord. When you cross over, you will see that it was worth it. When you move into this next season, you will see that the questions that you had are going to be answered. And that he is still Lord. He is still God. He is still your provider. He is the one who makes a way for you. You don't have to be unsure. When you rely on God, he will settle every unsettled place. He will make settled every unsure place. And here's the bottom line. When we are unsure and bring our doubts to Jesus, he will help us navigate to sure ground. That's the good news. Scripture says that God is not the author of confusion. He wants you to be sure. But we got to be willing to be honest about our questions. Take those questions to Jesus. Reassess the evidence and finally rely on his power and his strength in the places that we're unsure.
Maybe today you're in here and you're, you're saying, I'm unsure of what I believe. I don't know if I believe in God. I don't know much about this Jesus thing. I want to say today is a day that you can take a chance to pray a simple prayer. It says, God, make yourself real to me. Maybe today you're in here and you're saying, I know the right way. I, my heart feels that I need to make a choice. Today can be that day. And I want to pray a simple prayer with you. It's others of in you who in here who are struggling with doubt. Everything is, is going crazy and you're frustrated. I want to tell you that the Lord is with you. That you will see his goodness in the land of the living. You will see him work it out for your good. He is for you. Let's pray. God, thank you for this moment in time. Thank you, God, for caring for us. God, your word declares that we have a high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmity. In other words, that just means you care when we are hurting and when we are in pain. You care when things seem like it's going wrong and bad. But God, help us to bring these cares to you. Help us to bring our doubts and questions to you. Father, let us see your goodness. Let us realize your faithfulness. And God, help us to trust you when we don't understand. And God, for the person who has not said yes to you today, I pray today would be that day that they would pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, save me. Change me. Make me into the person that you want me to be. And Father, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that every person who is in this room, who is watching online, that you would begin to work in their lives, God. Every place of doubt that you would settle, every place of shifting, God, that you would make it secure, God. I pray that you would restore relationships, that you would restore finances, God, that you would send peace to homes, God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And at the end of the day, that your name will be praised, glorified, and lifted up. It is in Christ Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says amen, amen, and amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.